neutral corner. In the neutral corner. Hey guys, welcome back in the neutral corner. Man, has it been a while. Um, been quite a few weeks, maybe a month or so now since I've done my last podcast. Uh, lots going on. We've had some, uh, you know, things going on in the family, uh, some funerals we had to attend, and um, some people we had to send off, you know, and God rest their soul. And uh, we also you know, been working a lot and, uh, you know, a lot's been going on and I haven't really had the chance to sit down, have this, uh, you know, my thoughts kind of in a single form, you know, in a, in like a, uh, my thoughts have just been everywhere. And so finding the time to sit down, to edit, to record, to record, then edit, uh, things like that haven't been, um, haven't been that much. So, you know, we'll get down into it. Um, you know, I believe the last time I did an Island Fights was right after, or did a thing was right after the Island Fights. So we had an Island Fights this last weekend. We'll start off with that in Biloxi, Mississippi. Uh, Island Fights 78. A um, lot of fun, you know, a lot of fun. I've been trying to, uh, you know, make mental notes and things like that on what, you know, what I wanted to talk about and the things that I'd want to talk about, but, um, I know the Empire, which is out of Mobile, they, um, you know, they partnered with Island Fights for Island Fight 78, and they came, and they came and, you know, partnered over there in Biloxi and had a decent little event, you know, um, I believe there was like 10, maybe 11 fights, and I know that there were seven, seven of them, or eight of them were finishes. And I think six of those were like finishes in the first round. It was it was a card um, that was very entertaining to go to. I didn't get home till four in the morning, uh, Sunday morning, after taking the ring down, driving back to Pensacola, and then having to put the ring into the storage. Um, but I got to take Everett with me, and he got to watch it. Um, he loved it. It was awesome. It was so cool to see him because... He's been in the gym with me since he was a baby, you know, and he, I don't, I've never taken him to an island fights. So he sees it on TV and he sees me train every day, but he doesn't, you know, he has never been to an environment where the crowd is cheering and stuff. And at first it was a little overwhelming for him, but then, I mean, he really got into it and he really started cheering for the people fighting and just having a blast. And then believe it or not, whenever he got, um, afterwards, when we were taking the ring down, he was actually more excited to be able to help his dad and and his granddad and everything. So that was really cool. It was a little fun experience. Um, bad thing about it, I am going to say, is that it was on the same night as UFC 290. And <laughs> consensus is that it was the greatest card in UFC history. Now, they always say that after a good card, but it was a damn good card. There were four sub-minute first-round knockouts. Um, I believe they were all knockouts. One of them might have been a submission, but four... And four finishes in under one minute, which is the most ever on a UFC card. Uh, Bo Nickel knocked his guy out in 38 seconds. Val Woods or Woodland or whatever his name was, who took the fight on super short notice. I mean, the guy should get his win bonus just for showing up. I mean, he took the fight on like three or four days notice, cut the weight, all that stuff. You know, uh, went from preparing to fight in August on the Contender Series to 
fighting in on the UFC main card against Bo Nickel, one of the hottest prospects right now. And, you know, truth be told, um, Bo is going to be a problem until he can find someone who can be as dangerous as him on the ground. Um, until that time, Bo is going to steamroll through everybody. He's got a lot of power. He's got a lot of power. And the, what makes Bo Nichols' power so great is the belief that no one can take him down, and if they do take him down, he is getting right back up, no issues, no problem. And that's awesome. And that's why he can throw everything into every punch because he has no fear of being taken down. He has no fear of being on the ground. And once some, and so that, therefore his knockout punches are coming because he's he's swinging with everything he's got. He doesn't care if he's off balance. He doesn't care if if his feet are together or whatever. Because okay, take me down. I'm going to reverse you. Then I'm going to be on top as the best wrestler in the country. And you know, so until he can find someone that can combat him on the ground, whether that be jujitsu or whether that be wrestling or Sambo, or whatever else you want to say, but, you know, well, let's be honest, just sewer wrestling, <clears throat> then, you know, I, I do foresee him to continue knocking folks out. Everybody is so afraid, so afraid of him and him taking them down. They don't even, they don't even respect the punches in the hands. You know, like, it's just one of those things. Um, a lot of wrestlers, uh, Chad Mendez was like that when he was first coming up, you know, like everybody was so scared of being taken down that your hands are lower because you're trying to get underneath him. Um, and they're not there when those looping hooks come. And that's what it was. It was a looping left hook, like a lead overhand. And it clipped my man right on the chin. And I mean, they were hard punches because he has no fear. Um, also Robbie Lawler, this happened before that, but still Robbie Lawler, my favorite, like, I mean, if I had three all-time favorites, he's definitely in the top three. Robbie Lawler, um, you know, made his retirement fight, and it was awesome, man. It was awesome. And and rarely in mixed martial arts do you get to see a fighter um, go out in that manner. Most of the time, against a guy that's an elite fighter, you know, in the sense of, like, he's fought big, tough guys. He's fought in tough fights. He's pushed through. He's been rocked. He's been hurt. He came back and fight Nico Price. You know, the guy The guy is a tough dude. And, uh, you know, Lawler make it look easy. He, he really did. At 38 seconds, he was in a hockey fight. Just for those of you who don't know what a hockey fight is, I don't know why you're listening to me. But, uh, you know, single collar, uppercuts in the clinch. One of them uppercuts landed and just flatlined him. And, you know, 38 seconds into the first round, what a way to, you know, hang your hat. Um, most guys don't get that. You know, most guys get matched up with the same or even better fighters. And, uh, you know, they end up you know going out on their shield. You know, they end up getting knocked out or submitted or just destroyed. So, you know, I really hope that Robbie takes this one and he doesn't come back. And from what I've heard, it doesn't sound very much like he is going to be um, doesn't sound very much to me like he's going to be interested in taking another fight. It sounded, sounded like in all his interviews that he was pretty much done, done, you know? And I get that. I get that. Um, so because I was in the venue, um, I could only watch the fights a little bit here and there. Um, 
you know, I had to keep putting my phone on the charger. I had other things going on. So I'm trying to remember, um, that's another problem. I haven't been doing these podcasts too. It's because, um, I haven't, man, my weekends have been slam busy. You know, I'm a family man. I got four kids, love them to death. And so I'd prefer to do things with them on the weekends when I'm working all weeks, you know, because I'm working all week. So, um, there's been a few, you know, quite a few weekends where I haven't been able to watch attentively the UFC fights. I haven't been able to like, you know, watch them and pay close attention. You know, there's so many things that I could go over for this podcast. I mean, this could be a three hour podcast just over the last three weeks. I could just give it an hour a week, but I'm not going to do that to you guys. Um, can't remember a whole lot of other folks who, oh man, broke my heart. Robert Whitaker, Rob Whitaker getting TKO by Duplessis. Um, now I didn't see it coming. Not that I've paid too much attention to Duplessis, but I didn't see it coming. And then, uh, it was, it was a shock to me, man, to see Robert Whitaker just, you know, get cracked like that and, and, and go down. I didn't get to watch the whole entire fight. I just got to watch the finishing sequence. And so I don't know how Rob was doing up until that point. That was some thunder, in case you didn't hear it. We bring the thunder on this podcast. Um, yeah, so, you know, uh, that fight was it was like, damn, you know. And then Moreno lost, uh, but he lost to a guy that he's lost to two other times. Now, here's one thing that I will say. He's lost to this guy, and I, I honestly, right now, I'm doing this on my phone. I don't have, like, something next to me to reference this guy's name that has already beat him twice or three times now. This is the third time. But the first time they fought, it was an exhibition match, so it really didn't go on their record. It was, you know, for the ultimate fighter. Um, and so people are saying, like, do we really want to see this rematch because they fought three times, this guy's beat him three times, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But, I mean, of course you want to see it. You want three legitimate professional fights. Not saying the ultimate fighter fights are not legitimate but it's an exhibition, man. Like, let let it go on his record, you know? He's got one more shot. But, you know, that uh, that weight class is just, you know, a hot potato, really. It's just, you know, any any and everybody can be the champ now. I, I mean, it, no one's able to keep that strap for very long. So, you know, we'll see who the contenders are coming up. The main event, um, just like weeks and months ago, right after the Islam fight, I said, you know, Volk better take, you know, Yair very serious uh, or else, or else, or else. And, you know, he must have listened to my podcast, guys, because he did exactly what I said. Either that or I know fighting. One of the two. Um, Leaning more towards the second. But, no, Volk said that he took that as serious as he could, that, of course, he wants the Makachev fight. But Yair's no one to overlook. And that out of everybody he's fought, he felt Yair to be the most dangerous as far as just being able to finish him with a puncher's chance. And, um, you know, he... it uh, Volk, it's a thing of beauty. It really is. He is, he is the best... He is the best... Oh, man. It's hard because I want to say he's the best pound for pound, right? But he's not. At the end of the day, John Jones is the best pound-for-pound fighter, regardless of what you think, simply because Volkanovski cannot go up there and beat Cyril Gunn. I don't think Volkanovski could beat John Jones. You know, I don't think Volkanovski could beat Daniel Cormier. Why? Oh, because they're fucking huge. They're all way bigger than him, 100 pounds, some of them bigger than where he fights at. 
That's the only reason. When you're talking about activity, oh, also resume, like John Jones's resume of the people that he's beaten, you know, is uh, un- it can't be compared, incomparable, uncomparable, whatever that correct usage is. Like it cannot be compared. You know, the you, you got Max Holloway. And you got Joe Sayaldo are the absolute best on his resume as far as Volks goes. Yes, Brian Ortega's great. Yes, um, the Korean Zombie's great. Yes, Islam is a good fighter. Yes, Yair is a good fighter. And the and, and Volk is actively right now. If you t- if you take out John Jones, Volk is number one. Now you can make an argument for Volk being number one simply due to activity. Volk fights like what two, three times a year sometimes. Like active. John Jones has had one fight in three years, but John Jones is the pound for pound greatest fighter in the world, and can beat anybody. John Jones could beat Tyson Fury in a strict boxing match, probably not, but in a fight, a real deal fight, yeah, he could. He could beat. He can beat anybody. John Jones is the greatest professional fighter to ever walk inside that octagon. And he's fighting Stipe next. And I love Stipe. Stipe is like my fourth favorite heavyweight, you know. But he's going to beat Stipe. He's going to beat Stipe. If Stipe beats John Jones, it'll be the biggest upset in UFC history. Trust me. Simple as that. But without the John Jones conversation, Alex is number two, clear-cut number two. Clear-cut number two. Um, you know, obviously I've already talked about the John Jones thing, John Jones fighting Stipe. I do believe Jones wins. I do. I, I think that John Jones is just overall the better fighter. I think that John Jones just has the range and the tricks that he has up his sleeve are just second to none. And so it's, it's hard to really bet against somebody that continuously, continuously does everything he's supposed to do, um, inside the octagon. (laughs) Um, let's see. Well, Hey guys, game bread fighting championships just released last week, a Freaking banger, dude. Co, or I mean, main event, okay, going to be Junior Dos Santos versus Fabricio Werdum. And Junior Dos Santos is in like my top three heavyweights of all time, top two heavyweights of all time. I love when Junior was in his prime, that was the, that was the man to watch. Boxing-centered, you know, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt. He could throw some kicks here and there, but just love knocking folks out with his hands. And had it not been for Cain Velasquez, Junior would have been the greatest heavyweight of all time. Um, instead, Cain beat the fuck out of him two times in a row and completely changed his... I mean, that dude changed his DNA. I, he beat him so hard, that man's chromosomes got switched. It's crazy. Crazy. But still love him to death. His chin obviously can't take the abuse anymore. And I'm really hoping that Dos Santos gets it done against We're Doom. Um, and he really can if he just stays on the outside. But, you know, where Doom is no slouch. Where Doom, of course, everybody we know, everybody knows, we know that he is a jujitsu guru. However, however, you know, he's got some strikes. Let's not forget he knocked out Mark Hunt. 
I believe he knocked him out with a flying knee, you know? So Santos knocked out Mark Hunt with a spinning back kick. So, ah, you know, but it is a rematch. So Santos did knock out Weird Doom in the first round way, way, way back in like 2010. Um, so, you know, hey, 13 years later, you're never done, you know, you're never done. You might fight somebody and be like, thank God I fought that dude. You never know. 13 years later, they're rematching this time without any gloves. It's going to be an awesome fucking matchup. I am trying very hard. Yours truly is trying very hard to get onto that. Um, and you, I, I'm, I'm really trying to get back active fighting. I'm, I'm talking to anybody that will listen to me. And, you know, um, I'm trying very hard. I am on borrowed time as far as father time. And, you know, uh, I believe I have what it takes to compete at, at that level at least a few times. And um, I'm, I'm really excited to, to, to pursue that. But, I got, you know, I want to get on these game bread cards because I want I mean, it's rough, but the money they pay is outrageous, outrageous how much they're paying. And then on top of that, just, you know, it's a new thing. It's a new thing. Uh, you, uh, you know, you could fight a couple times, be a champ in that organization. No, is it going to help me get to the UFC? Maybe not. But, you know, shit, right now it's paying, it's paying more right now than an entry-level UFC fight for the right fight. Dean Tool and those guys over there know what the fuck they're doing. That's all I got to say. Um, but you know what? There's other promotions, too. You can go to the, all these other promotions and build your record so you can be fighting on these cards. You know, that does nothing but help. Uh, you know, Panama City, Impact Promotions, they have a, a phenomenal promotion. Phenomenal promotion. Um, they're pro level. I'm not sure what that's at, but I know amateur level is very good. Island Fights, of course, at the, at, at the amateur level, very good. You know, we've got a lot of good things going on around here in the panhandle, so um, that is definitely something I'm trying to get in on myself. So that would be really cool. I want to give a shout-out to uh, Pensacola's own uh, SD Dumas. Dude, awesome job. He uh, went out in his first UFC fight and um, didn't have the performance that, uh, you know, that we all expected from him. And that happens. There's nothing wrong with that. The fight game... One of the one of the hardest things to explain to someone is like, dude, this shit is not easy. Like you see guys at a bar and they'll punch somebody or they'll get in a little tussle and their friends will pull them back and like, yeah, man, I'm a great. Yeah, there's none of that. You got five minutes to beat another guy that is also trained to beat you. And if you can't do it in that five minutes, guess what? Three more, two more, whatever. You got 15 minutes basically or 20, 15 or 25 minutes. Those are your two options. And that's a long time to fight. It's a long-ass time to fight. And um, so he didn't have, in his UFC debut, he fought a guy named Josh Fremd, and he didn't have the greatest um, performance. I'm not saying his performance was bad. He didn't have a great performance. It was switched up on him, real short notice. Well, same thing happened. So he trains for this next fight, trains as hard as he can for another guy. Guy backs out like five days before the fight. And um, they switch him up with one of Frem's teammates. And Dumas went out there and put on a clinic. And he went out there and he got a unanimous decision and outgrappled the guy and showed, and showed the commentators. I guess what was most impressive to me 
would be not that he improved because I knew that he could improve. was not the way that he performed because I knew that he could perform that way. was him changing the mind of people like Daniel Cormier and these other guys that were talking and like Bisbing, I think it was, or whoever, and, and them seeing a noticeable difference. Maybe it was Dominic Cruz, but seeing like, oh, yeah, you know, like we thought him coming in here, he was going to get out-wrestled, but he's the one doing the out-wrestling. This guy, you know, it's – it's so it's so nice to hear the recognition of that hard work be given. Um, man, I just want to say that the fight game right now is is booming around here, and there's going to be plenty of opportunities, plenty of opportunities. Um, super super excited about all of that. Um, damn, I wish I had like an open line or like a live feed right now to ask you guys like, Hey, is there anything else you want to know? Is there anything else you, uh, can think of? I know I only went over UFC 290 and I've missed quite a few events. We can talk a little bit about Sean Strickland's fight last week, um, where he took a fight that most people have been ducking and he went in there and, you know, he fucking made that guy look like an amateur, you know, he, he battered him, uh, I honestly think Sean Strickland's got some a ways to go before he can get a title shot. I mean, there's been a few people calling for a title shot for him, but, like, he got smoked by Pereira, and uh, I really don't feel like that's going to be any different against Adesanya. I think Adesanya will smoke his ass, too. And, uh, I mean, we can comment a little bit on the Adesanya-Duplessis, like, controversy after the thing, but, dude, they're just selling a fight. No one gives a fuck. They're just trying to make it look like, oh, God, I hate you. Uh you're not really African. I'm really African. You're just new. Uh, was he New Zealandish or whatever the fuck you say? He's from New Zealand. Dude, listen. At the end of the day, they're just selling a fight. Neither one of them dudes believe that shit. And you best believe this: that if Duplessis put out Whitaker that way, for a hundred percent, it is going to be a good ass fight against Adesanya. Adesanya put Whitaker away. Then the next time he fought Whitaker, he fought a better and improved Whitaker. Still beat him. But Whitaker's gone on to look better and improved since that fight. And for Duplessis to beat and stop this new and improved Robert Whitaker, man, you know, that'll be an interesting fight. It really will. And so now what we got is we've got the heavyweight title fight set for November in Madison Square Garden, John Jones. We're still waiting to hear about Jamal and um, Yuri Prohaska. Jamal Hill, Yuri Prohaska, we're still waiting to hear that, but I'm sure that's going to be made pretty soon, too. Middleweight, Duplessis and Adesanya is pretty much made up. Welterweight, pretty much made up. They're going to fight in Abu Dhabi. It's going to be Colby Covington and uh, Leon Edwards. Lightweight, we're still kind of waiting around on lightweight. Don't know what's going to happen. Featherweight, still waiting around on featherweight. That just happened, and Volk said he's got to take a little bit of time, not much. Um, but honestly, Tapora is the next in line for the featherweight title, whether it be an interim title or against Volk, that guy is next. That is going to be a fucking war. Oh man, Tapora versus Volkanovski is going to be insane. That'll be fight of the year. Volk will still get the win. Um, Tapora is going to, he's going to earn his first loss against Volkanovski, but it's going to, it's going to do nothing but help him. Like, like Mayweather did for Canelo. Nothing but helping. Um, but I'm just going with my boy Volkanovski because, man, I've, I have followed Volk since before he got in the UFC. I found him on Instagram or Facebook or something like that. He was called the Hulk back then. And, yeah, followed him. 
always since then. I knew back then, I was like, that dude's going to be a monster. And uh, so that that fight, uh, let's see, 35, that that is going to be O'Malley and Aljamain. Uh, 25, they just fought, so there's really not any idea what's going to happen there. Yeah, man. Um, it's it's uh it's an interesting time to be a fight card or a uh, fight fan. You know, Poirier's fighting Gaethje again for the second time. That's going to be a banger. That whole card is a banger, by the way. So, yeah, guys. Um, I'm really really excited for some of these future matchups coming up. I know that Island Fights is also having another event August. Uh, two events in August, one in Pensacola and then one back in Biloxi. So, <clears throat> and then September is the game bred bare knuckle card. So we got a lot of local stuff coming up soon. So that's really cool. Um, you know, we'll be, we'll be able to, to have some more local MMA news coming up on the next few episodes. I am going to get back to my weekly podcast. I am very sorry, but I am going to make sure to do everything I can. One, to make sure to put out one episode per week at the very least and also promote it more so I can have more listeners and get my listeners back to where they were before I took this extended but much needed break. Um, yeah, thank you guys so much. Um, you've been in the neutral corner with RJ Summerlin. I really appreciate you guys being so patient with me. And as always, comments, thoughts, concerns, reach out. I would love to mention your name or mention you on the podcast. All you got to do is leave leave a like, a comment, or anything like that on Instagram, YouTube, or uh, Facebook, In the Neutral Corner. That is the uh, title for all of those. It's the name for all those pages, In the Neutral Corner Podcast for YouTube, but same thing, take it to the same place. Um, I want to thank some sponsors. I was able to get some sponsors while we were gone. So I want to thank Bayside Body Arts. Um, thank you guys. You awesome for the support. Excellent Burger Box. You guys are amazing. Uh, Larry Downs Jr. Plumbing. You guys are fucking so awesome. Penelope Faye Marie Designs or Penelope Faye Designs. You guys um, hooking me and my kids up with some great clothes. I really appreciate that. And uh, yeah, I really, really appreciate all you guys. Also want to give a shout out to my boys over there. Some people suck. Um, they're awesome. I do need to get back on their podcast. Always go check them out. Some people suck podcasts. They're on Spotify, YouTube, etc. Both, both those guys are the shit. Um, well, man. Also, you know what, everybody, if you're listening, go check out, um, go check out the Dreaded Apes um, on Spotify. Jigs on Spotify. That's J I G S. Jigs on Spotify. Um, the dreaded apes, check them out on TikTok, all that stuff, man. They're awesome. I'm actually going to see and uh, reach out to them, um, to maybe write a little, uh, a little jingle for the beginning and get rid of my, uh, my new little or my old, uh, intro. We'll see. Um, thank you guys so much. I appreciate you. And, uh, this is in the neutral corner with RJ Summerlin. You guys have been awesome. Godspeed.